Coming up on This Week in Games, a large wave of allegations since ripples through the game industry. Twitch makes sweeping bans, including one of their biggest streamers. And Facebook acquires another top Oculus developer. Coming up This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and this was kind of a horrible week and a positive week at the same time in the game industry. Horrible because almost all the news is about misconduct ranging from inappropriate behavior to sexual assault, but positive in that, in another way, it is another right step in correcting the game industry's behavior and getting rid of problematic figures within the industry. With that being said, unfortunately, I have to kick it off. The first story, big news of the week, waves of sexual harassment, abuse, and misconduct hit the game industry amidst an outpour of allegations on Twitter and other platforms. So over the two and a half years I've been covering this week in games, um, I've gone back and forth as to whether they name the accused when it comes to especially like Twitter allegations that can't be vetted and generally don't result and investigations that we publicly find out the result of those investigations, if there's even an investigation at all. Well, I flipped my decision again, and I've decided to cover the names of those involved this time. There is a lot in this department. I don't even know if I have everything covered. Things are still coming out almost daily. It's a rough story. And lastly, there's a lot of Twitch bans, which I'll cover later on in the episode in a different sections. So let's kick it off. I'm just going to name these really fast. Ubisoft's Adrian Gimby, sorry, that last name, has been accused of sexual harassment and assault, and Ubisoft's Stone Chin has been accused of predatory behavior. Gimby wrote a lengthy medium post, but it has been taken down before I got a chance to read it because the post, quote, violated the platform's rules. Ubisoft gave a lengthy response stating that they were both starting a massive investigation and claims and have brought in external consultants to deal with the matter and train other employees. Things are over at Ubisoft got worse again later in the week. Um, two executives, editorial vice presidents, Tommy Francois and Maxine Balland, stepped down amidst allegations of abuse. Ubisoft stated that they're not commenting at these two as they're still under investigation. According to an update, Ubisoft has called in outside law firms to handle the investigations probably because they're both executives. Um, and I think when you have allegations against executives, you have to treat them much differently than allegations against, you know, your normal rank and file employees. And the Ubisoft news still isn't over as Assassin's Creed Valhalla's creative director, Ashraf Ismail, steps down after accusation of sexual misconduct surface. He stated um, on the matter later and effectively confirmed these allegations. Ubisoft has released a lot of responses to these numerous, you know, allegations and accusations, but man, all of this at once is a lot, and it says a lot about the company, and it's not really good, you know, when all of this happens at once for one single company. Insomniac had several former incurment female employees take to Twitter to express their mistreatment. The allegations range from Insomniac has thought all careers of great women and left them no option to resign and protect its sexual predators to a now former Insomniac Games HR employee 
routine push boundaries with coworkers, including instances that range from inappropriate conversations and numerous attempts to pressure those coworkers towards sex. Insomniac does not release the names of former employees, but they were taking steps to investigate these claims. Next up, famed game industry writer Chris Avalon, who had a number of women accuse Avalon of everything from sexual predatory behavior to outright sexual assault. According to GameIndustry.biz, quote, following the allegations, Avalon is no longer with Dying Light 2 developer Techland, Wayfinders developer Gato Studio, or Vampire the Masquerade developer Hardsuit Labs, end quote. Fame Magic the Gathering of Wizards Lacoste artist Noah Bradley has been cut by the company after several sexual assault allegations emerged. Max Timken, one of the original Cards Against Humanity creators, has resigned amidst numerous complaints that he cultivated a toxic workplace in their Chicago offices. Joe Vargas, host of the Angry Joe Show, who hosts a YouTube channel with over 3 million subscribers, has been accused of predatory behavior by streamer, streamer Wookie Monster, detailing being conversed in sexual acts. Another YouTuber, Ryan Cryotic Terry, with over 2.7 million subscribers, has been accused of grooming and emotionally abusing underage girls. Terry admitted to emotionally treating on his partner and said he didn't know the accusers were underage at the time. Most of these have seemed to at least acknowledge, if not admit it, to their behavior, which helped my decision in disclosing the names that were available. Unfortunately, outside of the few that lost their jobs, we may not know the extent of the allegations or the results of the investigation done by these companies internally. Also, you have to say this as well. These are currently allegations, so despite detailed accounts of events, we cannot jump to absolute conclusions if the party being accused has denied the allegations, though... Again, many of these have admitted to the behavior or enough parties have stepped forward with similar stories and details that it makes it more likely true, you know, 100% true, borderline. Um, one thing is clear to me, there needs to be a solution independent of HR at these companies. I've had a number of run-ins with HR at different various companies, and people used to say this and I used to not believe it, but now I 100% get behind it. HR is only there to protect the company. That's it keep the company out of headlines, keep executives safe, and calm fires without those fires leaking into the outside world. Outside law firms that are independent and on a retainer paid for by the company seem to be a good idea and a good solution to like offer employee resources in handling these cases. Maybe there's better ones. I didn't put too much mind thought to this, but HR can't be the solution for a lot of these because HR is gonna protect or maybe even worse, like, accuse the accuser of something and from people in today's story claiming hr covered it up or didn't act at all upon the allegations and some of my own experiences with hr it's my opinion that hr's best outcome is always no outcome no party getting punished both parties just going back to work employees need a way to immediately report and have investigation done with these events pretty much independently of the company and the payroll. So for allegations that occur outside of the workplaces, there are responsible law enforcement reporting the events to. Those obviously are going to be much harder for a number of reasons. Um, yeah. Whew, rough. Those are a lot of people, and some of these people are pretty big names in the game industry. Um, I have a, all the links to all the accusations in the show notes. Please check those out. I read all the stories. It's you know really depressing and rough all of these allegations and stories at once. But, you know, I'm glad it's happening. It's better than 
never, right? And the industry needs this. And we're going to evolve and move forward and get people with like repeated history or even once of any type of like sexual abuse, assault, misconduct, get them out of the industry and like have everyone learn who thinks they can get away with this behavior that you're never going to get away with it really. All right. Some business news. Microsoft is shutting down Mixer. What? So Microsoft is giving up on the streaming platform almost as soon as they just got started to test the waters. After launching in January 5th, 2016, Microsoft is set to officially shut down Mixer July 22nd. Even more interesting is Microsoft is partnering with Facebook Gaming to offload partners and streamers to the social network's competing streaming platform. Existing partners will be giving partner status on Facebook Gaming, and monetizing streamers will be granted into Facebook's Level Up program, which is like Facebook Gaming's way of like making money off streaming. Existing Ember and other user-facing currencies will be converted to Xbox gift cards, which is a bit strange. Um, qu not quite the same thing, Microsoft, but a good try. This abandonment is worrying to me because when it comes to big tech in the video game industry, there's a lot of worry that big tech will just abandon all their gaming efforts once they didn't reach the crazy scale that they wanted. A lot of users joke that services like Stadia will be discontinued two to three years, and with Stadia requiring you to buy the games on its service, you may never have access to those $60 purchases again once the service is discontinued. Will Microsoft abandon Project xCloud, which is their cloud gaming solution, if they fail to achieve the scale that they hoped? Kind of like similar with Mixer. Another interesting tidbit from this is Facebook Gaming's partnership with Microsoft and that Project xCloud will be brought to Facebook Gaming according to Phil Spencer, who hopes Project xCloud will reach 2 billion users. Man, 2 billion is a lot. I don't I don't think that's happening, Phil Spencer. Maybe maybe 2 billion people know of Project xCloud, but even then, it's a lot. Ninja Shroud and the other streamers that were locked up in exclusivity contracts with Mixer are released from their contracts and they're free to return to Twitch or join the new efforts at Facebook Gaming. Neither likely is offering you know, the money and exclusivity contracts and Microsoft was one stitching out. And, you know, I have to say shutting down Mixer is definitely the right move. After the amount of capital poured into it, the output they got from it probably wasn't even close to what they thought. I mean, even Amazon's not happy with Twitch. And people have to understand, like, Amazon thought Twitch was going to be their YouTube. It was going to be their video streaming, ads network, data collection, like, on the scale of YouTube. Not anywhere close. Um, I forgot the exact numbers that Amazon thought they'd hit and that YouTube actually hit. And, you know, it's not even close. So it's like if Amazon can't even make the number one player successful, Microsoft pouring, you know, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in a mixer and getting like, you know, pennies on the dollar that Twitch is getting, they're definitely not going to be happy. But again, like I said before, this brings a lot of questions into like big tech pushing their way into the game industry with tons of money. And then a few years later, just pulling out and be like, oh, that was a mistake. And so like we as an industry, we can't have that kind of wishy-washy support. You know, we need all in. We need Sony to dump all their money into the game industry and stay forever and be a main player like Microsoft did with Xbox as well. I don't know, Microsoft shutting down Mixer. Microsoft getting in the Mixer in the first place is another conversation, but that probably wasn't a good idea to begin with. Microsoft shutting down Mixer all of a sudden and pushing everyone to Facebook gaming. Also not a good idea, especially when they're trying to sell Project X Cloud by the end of the year. We'll have to see, man. Uh, it's not good to see big projects and millions of dollars get shut down in the game industry. All right, more streamer news. 
Twitch has a massive calling of problematic and abusive streamers, including top streamers such as Dr. Disrespect. So before we start this, I have no clue who these Twitch streamers are. I don't watch Twitch anymore. They removed the Twitch app off my Roku, and I've never forgiven them for it. So uh, the fact that I can't get bootleg Twitch apps and I can't get the official Twitch app to work anymore, um, I don't really watch Twitch that much. All right, let's get into it. I am Spoon, Wolf21, Bless RNG, Dreadit Cone, and Warwitch TV have all been permanently banned from Twitch amidst allegations against them. I Am Spoon agreed with the ban and told users to believe his accusers that he doesn't think he's capable of returning to the streaming industry. Warwitch has been accused of exchanging sexually explicit messages with a known minor. Wolf21 has been accused of physically taking advantage of someone during PAX East. Wolf21 admitted to the actions. Blessed RNG has accused of unwanted sexual advances. And Dreadit Cone is accused of grooming and distributing nude photos of an underage person. Finally, Omid Dariani, the former CEO of Online Performers Group, which I guess is a very big like streaming uh, partnership group or something, has, a, has accusations against him basically using his position to solicit sex from females, specifically one who now works at Blizzard. OPG's talent started leaving the company, and the company was forced uh, to make Dariani step down. The unfortunate situation is some of these have been brought to Twitch's attention years ago, and nothing was done. You have to imagine with the latest wave of people sharing terrible experience has empowered companies to actually take action. But Twitch needs a better solution for dealing with streamers that borderline represent the community and the company, or at least profit off the platform. You can't have allegations from two years ago that are pretty explicit be brought up. You do nothing. And then finally, when there's another, like, I dare to say, Me Too wave in the game industry, now you're empowered to finally make decisions. The other thing I question is like, well, let's let's go on to more news. All right. These streamers are definitely small dogs compared to the bigger bands this week. So Tom Syndicate Casel and Loney Say No to Rage were both banned uh, for ac- accusations of sexual assault. Castle had multiple women step forward, including another streamer, Natalie Zombie Unicorn Casanova. On their experience with him, six different women have come forward and accused Lono of sexual misconduct and harassment. Lono is married with children. Twitch is looking into more accounts of misconduct or worse and working with law enforcement when appropriate. The stories that I read are very not open to interpretation, really, and some definitely require law enforcement action. I mean, the ones about minor distributing underage nude photos, oh, just disgusting. Like, the older I get, it's like, you're just like, how how can you do this? You know, how how can you go after minors? It's just wrong. So I hope law enforcement gets involved and I hope, you know, the correct outcomes happen with as far as like when it comes to Twitch, I have to wonder, too, if Mixer getting shut down, finally empowered Twitch who may have been worried about viewerships or the number of people in their community uh, with Mixer shutting down that may have empowered Twitch to take action again. But I don't know. It's I don't want to. I want to say Twitch is finally doing the right thing because that's the positive spin of the story. I don't want to say that it took a second wave of Me Too and Mixer shutting down for Twitch to take action. So I'm going to stay on the positive for right now. But this wasn't the biggest ban of the week. Dr. Disrespect was permanently banned for what people say out of nowhere on Twitch this week. Dr. Disrespect is the only one that I've ever heard of on this list because if you load up Twitch, that mustache and glasses is always like front and center. People who claim to have sources now say it is not DCMA-related. 
And also strange, no sources came forward with stories of misconduct, as with the other bands and everything else going on in the industry. There's no one on Twitter uh, sharing misconduct or sexual assault stories about Dr. Disrespect. Twitch also isn't saying why they banned him. Another interesting tidbit is Dr. Disrespect's Discord partnerships were severed as a result of whatever is going on. So far, streamers say Twitch has yet to tell him the reason for the ban as well. Some theories talk about criminal investigations. Other talk about Ninja Shroud and Dr. Disrespect going to yet another competitor in the wake of Mixer's collapse. I don't know. I, will we ever find out? Who knows? Like, there's a lot more theories that I read that go on to have to do with this. Uh, I'm sure it will come to light. Like, this, this is just very dramatic. Um, banning one of their top, if not the top streamer on Twitch right now, somewhat out of nowhere. However, we'll, I'm sure we'll have information in a week or two. Uh, another tidbit, Twitch also temporarily, temporarily bans President Donald Trump. But I can't see President Trump pulling in Dr. Disrespect numbers, so there's no point in even covering this. Um, this has been a mess of a week for streamers. Again, I have truly no clue who these streamers are. I've never watched a single stream by them. And frankly, I try not to cover any Twitch streamer bans or drama because it doesn't really just state relate to game industry business news and also twitch streamers aren't exactly the most mature crowd as top streamers are constantly getting banned and suspended every week for stuff that ranges from criminal behavior to borderline nonsense drama that should have stayed in middle school like if you read some of the news about people getting banned i'm just like how are you 26 and like this is how you act and yeah i i'm not a fan of the twitch streamers they come off as very unprofessional like, it borderline makes me wish Hollywood ran streaming because at least you know there'd be, like, SAG crews and, like, people, you know, acting more professional and being held more accountable, maybe. I don't know. It's sad when I look to Hollywood for a more professional environment, but it's kind of true. This, however, was another wake of sexual harassment allegations and bans, so I felt I needed to cover it, you know, just to get it out there. It was a lot this week. But that's it for the doom and gloom. Um, let's get on to more industry news, more business news, because there, frankly, was still a lot of that to cover. So first up, Unity makes premium learning tools permanently free for everyone. So I thought this was another strange strategy by Unity. So Unity hid their latest tutorials and learning tools behind a paywall. And the game industry isn't quite like, I don't know, like Red Hat Linux or technical training certifications are common and companies can make significant revenues with them. Like Red Hat Linux, I think, made almost all of their revenue solely from training and certifications. Companies, other companies would send employees to get trained by Red Hat uh, and so on and so on. Man, the game industry isn't like that. Uh, <laughs> developers would rather like poke and prod at stuff than pay Unity money to get officially trained. However, uh, Unity gave that revenue model a shot, failed, and lucky for us, has decided to make all the premium learning tools free for everyone. Now we can all get better at Unity and, you know, all of you inspired indie or mobile developers can go check out all that stuff for free. So kind of good news for everyone else. <laughs> Next up, Apple is allowing developers to appeal App Store rejections. Revealed at their WWDC event, Apple will now allow developers to appeal decisions based on the App Store guidelines. Quote, developers will not only be able to appeal decisions about whether an app violates a given guideline of the App Store reviewed guidelines, but will also have a mechanism to challenge the guideline itself, end quote. This follows an outcry after, hey, an email app was rejected for doing what many apps, including parent companies Basecamp does, and the public rejection of Facebook Gaming's latest app version. 
this seems in good effort and good faith by Apple. Uh, I have no other comments. Like, it seems like the positive and the right thing to do and kind of like the right way to move forward. All right, business news. Facebook acquires Ready at Dawn. Wow. So Facebook continues their acquisition of successful or talented VR developers that started with the acquisition of Beat Games and Sanzaru Games by acquiring Ready at Dawn, who has developed the hit VR game Lone Echo. Ready at Dawn is probably best known for the PlayStation-exclusive The Order 1888. Fortunately for everyone, the terms of the deal were not discussed, but being acquired by Facebook generally means a big payday, so congratulations to everyone at Ready at Dawn. I really hope, you know, you get those, like, stock vesting grants, everyone got paid out. Uh, you know, I, I hope the best for you. And I'm happy for the Ready at Dawn team. I don't know an Oculus, but maybe maybe Ready at Dawn, you are the chosen ones to produce something that makes the purchase of an Oculus undeniable. So go make it. Go make whatever you're going to make. All right, next up. Overwolf acquires CurseForge from Twitch. Wow, so Twitch is selling off assets, I guess. Israeli-based Overwolf is a creator platform that is mostly known for mods or services that overlay on top of games, as well as uh, helping the creators of those monetize or earn revenue from those mod or services. CurseForge was owned by Amazon's Twitch division and is known for their mod manager app that lets players download and enable different register mods. Right now, CurseForge is a part of the Twitch app. Uh, that will no longer be the case. This acquisition really makes perfect sense. I don't know why Twitch, from the beginning, bought a media platform, or a media platform like Twitch needed to own a mod platform. I mean, maybe they thought streamers would advertise like Skyrim mobs or something, and that would lead to monetization, but it makes so much more sense for Overwolf to own CurseForge and for them to work together on Twitch to just come on, stay out of the modding community. And, you know, I'm glad at least Twitch didn't open a digital store. Like, <laughs> that would have been more annoying. All right, next up, Focus Home Interactive acquires Deck 13 for $7.9 million. A little cheap, a little cheap if you ask me. Focus Home Interactive is a French independent game developer and publisher known for Farming Simulator, SnowRunner, and Greedfall, along with a slew of other IPs. Deck 13 is a German game developer known for Lords of the Fallen and The Surge 1 and 2. According to Game Sutra, Focus Home Interactive raised a little over $51 million for development and accusations, further predicting that this isn't the last acquisition will acquisition they'll see from Focus Home Interactive in the future. Oh god, I said accusation so much, now I, I can't say acquisition. Alright. Next up, I like this company. Okay. Hear me out. Admix raises seven million dollars for a Series A. So this is an advertising idea I'm surprised hasn't taken off yet off yet non-intrusive ads so the best example of this many years ago a racing game sold virtual billboard space to advertisers in the game so coca-cola coca-cola could own ad space so everyone playing a certain racetrack would see the billboards and they would all show like dynamically downloaded coke ads to the players playing the game admix wants to bring this nuanced advertising to the masses with unity and unreal sdks and their seven million dollar series a will just help continue that Great job, Admix. I'll definitely check out the SDK and potential revenue if I could ever make a game that would support programmatic ads. However, I think everyone should check it out. Like, abusing a game with a full screen ad is just ugly. It doesn't make sense. Like, in the real world, in real sports, you know, yes, they do have ads, but the better ads are like the banners in the game or the banners along a racetrack or something like that, right? Maybe I feel like it. It makes sense that we have like full screen ads, you know, just like commercials, but we don't really have a good platform that does programmatic ads like that in games world space. So 
Makes sense to me. All right, lastly of the week, and then I'll let you guys go. Treehouse Games raises $2.6 million in a seed round. With the goal of building cooperative games, Treehouse Games raises their impressive seed round from game investors, London Venture Partners, LVP, always on here, as well as the Transcend Fund. CEO Michael Chu was previously the product lead at Riot Games, and President Ryan Sullivan has a background in indie game development. Chu and Sullivan gave a great interview with GameIndustry.biz. Find the link in the show notes. Talking about their games and development, Chu stated, quote, both games and the company were founded on the dreams that games can improve friendships and connect people, end quote, which seems to be kind of like the theme behind the studio's creation in the first place. I'll have to keep an eye out for what you guys create. All right, we started off negative, but plenty of positive news out there. Um, Hopefully next week's better, and hopefully the game industry can just grow from everything, and uh, hopefully we'll all be better in the future. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Also, leave me a comment and let me know how I'm doing. You can email me at eric at thisweekingames.com if you have any comments or suggestions on future stories. Lastly, please check out the show notes for any and all stories you heard on today's episode. I'm Eric for This Week in Games. I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.